Jones, and welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Jackson Miller, your host. We've got another great episode for you today. I've got Montreal Hall I interviewed a while back, and he has a lot of great, great advice and has a great story. I know you're really going to enjoy his story. He got his start in the tile, in the trades, I should say, at 20 years old. He bought his first home at 20. And then he started doing what most 20-year-olds would do if they buy their own home, is fixing it up and uh, working with tile and working with paint. And he chose tile, and what a story. He went from DIYer to general contractor, and he has uh, a great referral network, uh, a lot of happy clients, and you're going to really benefit from this interview today with Montreal. Before we get to it, though, I want to thank Happy Tile Guy. HappyTileGuy.com is where you can go to get your professionally made search engine optimized ready website done for you. Uh, you're really going to like the service at HappyTileGuy.com. If you've worked with other website agencies or maybe you've never worked with one, we do things a little bit different. Uh, we uh, are focused on the the fact that Google and, and analytics and search engine optimization and all that technical stuff that I really don't know a lot about, but my partner does, we do uh, upkeep, general maintenance every single month as needed. If you want to send us more photos, we, we put more photos up there. If you want to send us a, a new about me or one of your new licenses, you know we work with you to get you found on Google. And uh, that's why we charge $99 a month the upfront fee is only $499, $500.99 dollars a month. We do this because of my personal experience and my partner's personal experience with the way websites used to be made. A lot of people still sell you. You can buy a $5,000, a $10,000 website if you want, if that's really something you want to do. But our focus in the reality is the way things change so quickly nowadays is you don't want to buy a $5,000 website, website today. And then next year, have to buy another $5,000 website when everything's changed. You know, so this is the way we've built it. And we hope you appreciate that. And, and our clients are very happy with their services. And if you want, you can talk to some of our clients, reach out to me or Grant, my partner, and we will put you in touch with them. All right, let's get to today's episode, Tile Friends. Enjoy this with Montreal Hall. It's a phenomenal uh, discussion. Hey everybody, uh, my name is Montreal Hall. I am 37 years old. I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana, born and raised in Louisiana. I'm a Southern boy. Um, <clears throat> I've got, I actually got my trade. I've been in the trade for about 16 years now. Uh, I am a first-generation tile setter, uh, although I've come from a family of craftsmen. Uh, my dad's a welder. My granddad's a jack-of-all-trades. I've always had a nick for working with my hands, and I kind of started it as a hobby. Uh, I bought a, a house when I was 21 years old, a very young man, and it needed some work done. And I never, I didn't even know what a, what a drill, power drill was. Uh, believe it or not, I went to a Home Depot DIY class, you know, that they give on Saturday mornings one about 16 years ago here at my local Home Depot. And the rest is history. Uh, at the time I was, I had just gotten hired, federal job at the post office, so I was, I was set. I was 21 years old, had a good job with good pension, you know, good benefits, and here I was embarking on <laughs> slinging some tile. 
and it kind of started from that. You know, it started as me just working in my own personal home, and then folks came over and family and friends would see the work that I was doing, and then it kind of started from there. Right on. That's really cool. That's a great story. I mean, that was a, is a success story in itself, just buying a home at 21. Now, when you were doing, you know, the DIY project in your home, I mean, I'm sure you were doing more than tile. Right. What, what led you or what attracted you to, because you've been kind of specialized in tile, correct? Correct. That's where I started. Uh, when I first started, man, like I said, it was just a, something to do to occupy my free time. Uh-huh. Because I worked, I worked the evening shift at the post office. I see. And I, I was accustomed to being up all day because I was, you know, fresh out of high school and college. Right. And so, you know, I was, I'm used to doing something during the day and and then, you know, kind of chilling in the evening time. And here my world was kind of turned backwards where I was, you know, working in the evenings up into the late hours of the night and and just having all day. So here I am with with the house, a fixer upper and knowing I need floors you know, and tile work done. And so I said, uh, I'm going to just go to this. I saw it on a, um, a flyer at the Home Depot, you know, in my local area. And I said, I'm just going to go. And I went and like I said, it started off with a bathroom and then well, actually started off with a floor, a four year floor. It was like maybe 40 square feet. And I bought one of the little cheap $89 tile saws, the little table tile saw deal and it had like a little bucket with the trial a grout float a sponge and spacers and like i said my first total investment in the business was like maybe 100 bucks for that little setup right. and um right it kind of went from that when i first started it was just strictly tile you know you know i was totally intimidated by miter saws and you know all the other power tools so i never really just kind of deviated from tile to maybe my second or third year in. And like I said, some of the bathrooms in in the house, my first house, I remodeled them two or three times. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I do it. And then, you know, because I stayed there for a total of 15 years. Sure. Uh, You know, I'd remodel it and then I'd get better and I'd pull it up and do it again or or redo it. And during that time, this was kind of before – Facebook really was popular in the groups and the, you know, like tile money and the other tile groups. I used to follow, follow a forum called John bridges online. I don't know. If oh, you yeah. Remember. oh yeah. I love John bridge. Yeah. Yes. So I would follow that and it was kind of a, a place where tile setters could go and talk and ask questions. Mm-hmm. And then I also, I, um, I, I stumbled across a, a guy. He's a legend. I'm sure when I say his name, everybody knows who, who's he, who he is. His name is Sal DeBlasi. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like the tile god. Right. And here I was, and I would see his work on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I first got introduced to Schluter. You know, I'm a Schluter man, you know. Okay. That's how I saw him using it. And then I just started, I, I've been using it. My very first shower is about 15 years, about 14 years old. And to this day, man, it's, it's totally orange and it's totally leak proof after all these years. So kind of that that's kind of where I got my start, man. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. You know, it's oh, yeah. a it's a cool story. You know, a lot of times, you know, John Bridge, I mean, that was a, a, a heavy and to this day is probably the 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 most accessible and most um content for DIYers. 
And, and then you have your professional, you know, he had it on the form. He had the main form was a DIY site. I mean, that was his main intention from what I understand, you know, and I was a big follower of it back in like 2007, 2008, 2009, right. those years. Right. Um, from what I understand and the way I saw things happening, it was heavily on DIY assistance because he just frankly didn't want people who, you know, like yourself, young guy bought your first home. You're going to work in it. The state allows it, you know, it's your home. You do whatever you want. He wanted to help you succeed little do, you know, and people will talk bad about that. Contractors will say, why, why is Sal giving away all this information on YouTube? Why is somebody doing this? You know, why are you doing this? Luke, even me, you know, sharing business advice for free, you know, it's, because of stories like yours, Montreal, like right. here you were, young man, you know, probably strapped for cash. You know, you just bought a house. You're going to be working. You're going to be putting sweat equity because at 21, let's face it, we have more energy than we have money. Exactly. And so we're going to put our sweat equity into it and look at where it led you 15 years later. Now you're a general contractor. And because you got that help and you were somebody who could read and watch YouTube and then go practice, practice again, tear it out, do it a third time. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is why these DIY sites are not bad. This is why the YouTube content is not wrong because some people will take that information and they will execute their bathroom the best of their abilities. And that is what they can afford. And that's where they're at in life. Some, uh, some of those people will turn out to be like you, Montreal. They'll, they'll say, I'm enjoying this so much. I don't like my nine to five. I like this. I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to do this for my family. I'm going to do this for my friend. Maybe you think about a career and there's nothing wrong with that. You get introduced to Schluter, you get introduced to the NTCA, you get introduced to tile, you know, all kinds of resources, people and resources. So it's a beautiful thing. And that's, that's my stance on anybody who has anything negative to say against providing free information like the tile money podcast or Sal de Blasi or John bridge or any of the Facebook groups. Look, you know, you can say what you want, but we have proof right here that it works. And and for the rest of them, like any DIYer is not my client anyways. So why don't I just give them the tools, the knowledge that they need to, to, you know, to have a better chance at pulling it off exactly without a failure. They, they were never my client. I mean, I'm never going to work for 21 year old Montreal because you know, it's just not going to happen now. Um, now on the flip side, a lot of these DIYers, they're going to get into it and say, you know what, you know, I, I got to go back to work. I, I make $50 a week on my, I make two grand a week at my job. Why am I over here, you know, sweating bullets when I can pay somebody to do it and go do my thing, you know, exactly. you know, about 70% of DIYers, I, I, you know, and that's just a made up stat, but I would think that over 50% do yeah. end up hiring a professional, they you know end what up I mean? Getting over the kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, 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 I'm like you, even when folks will reach out to me on Facebook or just, just wherever, wanting advice, man, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to giving advice because I look at it. There's so much work out here and, you know, I, I could give everybody advice and probably still not be short mm-hmm. of work. So right. anytime I'm approached or someone asks me about a, a, their opinion on something and right before the pandemic, man, uh, I had really, it was on my heart to try to give a little DIY class or something for people that were like me who kind of just want to do it themselves. And like you said, yeah. the vast majority of people, they're wanting to do it for their homes, for themselves. Yeah. They aren't interested in, turn it into a business and doing it 
to compete, you know? So, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't have anything against that, but like I said, this was prior to the pandemic. And so once the pandemic came, you know, it kind of put a, a damper on that, but I do intend on, you know, giving a Saturday class on folks that may want to, Hey, how do a, do a backsplash or, you know, lay a vinyl plank floor or something, something simple like that. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't suggest or urge anyone to try to build a shower because there's so much that goes into that, but you know, a backsplash or, you know, putting some tile on a fireplace or, or a vinyl floor or just something like that. One of those yeah. weekend projects that don't take a lot of skill. Uh-huh. I still intend on giving, I mean, because man, so many people poured into me and it was more so over the, the internet community, like Sal, I would email him. Like I said, at the time, you know, that we didn't have instant messengers. So I'd, I'd email him and I'd have to wait right. the next day for a reply, you know, and he was, he, he never got tired of me. He would respond. He never, you know, and, and he just offered that information up for free. Sure. And people yeah. like him who, you know, has a, a reputation, he's been in it for 30 or 40 years, you know, and his work, you look at work, his work that's 20 years old and it still look, looks good to this day, the showers oh. that he's built, you know, so I, I'd like to, to do what he's done, give back to the community and keep this trade alive and keep it going. You know, you've got so many different, uh, the technology has advanced even since I've been in it. Back when I started, there were no leveling clips. There was, you know, Schluter was just getting around. Now we have so many different waterproofing systems mm-hmm. and shower system, radiant heat and all of this. So, you know, it's going to continue to evolve. And so, you know, I, I'm just thankful that I had nice. people to teach. Awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. You know, um, I'm the same way, you know, I, I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I forgot I, I had something to say, but I guess we can move on. You know, I really appreciate you kind of laying the groundwork and getting painting us that picture. I was, I was, you know, going back through some of your old posts and tile money and, and kind of watching some of your growth over the years. And one of the things you said at one point was, you know, I, I, I'm now cut, cut ties with the big box stores, you know, you, you know, can you tell us about that transition? Like, you know, and and how that helped you grow your career? Well, uh, at a point in my career, uh, this is when I first left my nine to five and, you know, I left cause I, I worked, like I said, I worked for the government for about 14 years and then it got to the point where my, uh, side hustle, my tile money began Mm -hmm. to exceed my, you know, my nine to five. Mm -hmm. And so I I had, I had a decision to make. I was at the point where I knew I had peaked as far as I could go in my business without giving my full attention to my business. So I had reached, I had plateaued. Right. So I made the decision, did some number crunching. And this was after I hired a CPA, we sat down and we devised a plan and we executed, you know, I, I left and I didn't go back. And so one of the uh, things that I did to kind of, I guess, a, a crutch or, or, sure. or something to kind of, to kind of help me get into being gotcha. full time, which I had clientele, but I just still kind of wanted some for sure. So I, I partnered with a local company, um, you know, doing their installs, you know, mm-hmm. and I did it for about, uh, maybe two years, Okay. you know, in, in addition to doing my own work when I could, because I'll mm-hmm. tell you those big box stores, when you do installs for them, man, they're about numbers. You know, right. you know, whereas you know, as a contractor or a business owner, we can kind of pick and choose which jobs we want. 
mm-hmm. you know, the ones where we aren't interested in, we, we have ways of, of, you know, of not yeah. getting those jobs or getting out of them. Yeah. Well, when you're going through one of those big box stores, they want a hundred percent closure rate. Right. You know, and so I mean, they don't uh, care, you know, as long as they, the person has a, has a pulse, you know, they're going to sell them something. <laughs> as long as they have a pulse, they don't care, you know, and you, you know, as well as I know, and anybody else who, who works for themselves, especially a contractor know that, you know, I've heard the phrase early in all money isn't good money. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a, if it's a job that's paying $50,000 and it's going to give you 50,000 gray hairs, you don't want it. Right. You know, but you know, when working for them, it was, it was more so than not being able to select the jobs that I wanted coupled with, you know, off the top, they were getting 40, 50% of, you know, of, of the, of the profit, you know? And so, you know, I just kind of decided, you know, I, I just made another step and I completely severed ties with, with them and kind of transitioned to just doing a hundred percent of my own work. And then I, I'd say when I did that, my first year after doing that, my my revenue doubled after just working strictly for myself. Got it. My revenue doubled. And then that's when I made the decision. I was like, okay, okay it's time to go to the next step. Mm. You know, because I, I started out just doing tile floors. Then I got into showers. Then I started kind of getting into wood and the other floor coverings. And then I kind of started doing decks and full remodels. And, you know, I, I began to, to sub out work. Here I am, a tile guy subbing out a painter, you know, yeah. and then it dawned on me. Reality hit me. Hey, man, you're you are acting in the capacity of a general contractor. Right. Why not go to the next step? And that's what I did. Yeah, I like it. I like it. You know, I, I found the same thing. I mean, I I found myself, you know, building my business towards direct to the homeowner, you know, direct right. to the, the end user, really. And I really enjoyed that process. But, you know, like you, I found them asking me, hey can you, you know, you're in here remodeling the shower for a week. Why don't you do a little painting or why yeah. don't you put in this vanity we have sitting yeah. in our garage and this yeah. and that. So I started finding my subs and then, you know, doing a little bit of more work because like you, you know, I spent time in other trades right. um, and I know what I can do and I know what I can't do, but I, but I have a good pulse on what, what it takes to be a good sub and what, it, you know, I found myself you know, wanting to work with the, the, the best subs. There you go. I was and, just about to say, yeah. homeowners, I found that homeowners, if you go in and you're a decent towel guy, uh-huh. a decent guy, and you know, you handle business and you, you, your work is, 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 is good. Then homeowners are going to want to know, they know you surround yourself with people, people who are like you. Mm-hmm. So they know you're, you're going to know the best painters. You're yeah. going to know the best trim guys. You're going to know the best plumbers. And so that's what I kind of, you know, and of course, just like anything else, that kind of changes over time. You know, people, people get out of the trade, they move, you, you transition to another, different painters and different plumbers, you know? So, and that's what I'm learning with general contracting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always changing, you know, it's always changing. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. So what, what, what attracted you are, you know, well, no, we already got that out of the way. What I mean is, uh, um, how has that transition been? I mean, you're somebody who plans things. You, you already right. said like, look, you know, I, I, I waited until the, the contracting money was more than the, than the W nine money. And then I talked to my bookkeeper and then I made a plan and then I had a contingency plan on top of that. So kind of like what I, I'm curious to kind of see or hear from you, how you prepared to make this transition behind the scenes and then, and then how you executed that. Well, 
first off, budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, I wanted to do whatever I could to uh, to close and you know capture as many jobs as I could uh, without, of course, going into the poorhouse. So, case in point, if it meant netting a less profit, you know, I would still take the job. You know, not significantly less profit, but you know, just it's a small amount less profit, but it would put for sure jobs on the books for myself and my crew. I would take those jobs, you know, because I didn't have that nine to five salary to fall back on, you know. So uh, just behind the scenes, I was, you know, I knew I I knew that I needed a CPA because the the biggest advice I can give to somebody is definitely the numbers, Mm -hmm. you know, get the numbers in order, you know, pay your taxes and put yourself in a position to where if ever you ever want to grow, you want to uh, have you know, you want to be in line financially, you know, like me, I, I wanted to, to become a general contractor. Well, my first few houses are specs. So basically I had to show where I was making money. I had to show where I was regularly and filing my taxes and paying my taxes, making payroll for a bank to take a chance on me as a brand new general contractor. And so far, I've, you know, I've had not had any resistance. So I would definitely encourage everyone get a good CPA someone and just be disciplined as, as tempting as it may be for us to take those cash jobs and just put them in our pockets and not let it run through the business. The CPA that I had, that I have, she was very, uh, she was intentional on telling me we need to report everything. We need to show where you're making money so that when you do go to, and this was before I even expressed to her that I wanted to be a, a general contractor. This was back when I was just a tile guy. She encouraged me to run everything through the business as tempting as it may be to do that little one or two day job and just put that five or 600 bucks in your pocket running through the business. And so that's, that, that, that's my take on it. And I've not had any resistance from getting funding for any of my projects or buying equipment, vehicles, whatever. They see where I'm making money, you know, the business is successful and I don't have any, any, any problems with anything. So I, I would say definitely, get a CPA uh, and, and just, you know, do right financially on the number side of things. And Louis, that's, that's solid advice. That's solid advice. I mean, so often you met, you, you mentioned the cash jobs. I mean, you know, those are tempting, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. but if you take one, then you're going to take two, then you're going to take three pretty soon. You got it looking like you don't make any money, which, that's it. you know, it's going to be rough. You're not thinking about, next year and 10 years from now, you're not thinking about really what it takes to really set something up long-term, you know, generational type of stuff. Exactly. And I've got two sons and, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got a baby boy, he's five. And then I've got an older son. He's in college. He's 19. He's kind of working with me during the summer when he's home from college. Nice. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's recently expressed an interest in, Although he's taking something else in school, he's he's recently expressed an interest. Hey, Dad, I wouldn't mind maybe, you know, doing contracting. And so, man, I, here I am. I, I have to keep a straight face, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know. but I, here I am just jumping for joy on the inside because, you know, not, not everybody is cut out for college, sure. you know. Uh, and those of, our, those of us that aren't cut out for college, I'm, I didn't learn. They didn't teach us this in high school that, you know, we can earn – good money in the trades. There's good. I mean, yeah, we're going to need surgeons. We're going to need 
a pharmacist. We're going to need nurses and, 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 and pilots. But guess what? We're going to need tile guys. We're going to need plumbers. We're going to need HVAC technicians. We're going to need welders. We need the oil field guys. So to those of us that are in the trades, we're just as essential as everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. What is your son in college for? He's taking up education. He wants to be a, a counselor, a school counselor. So he's taking up education. So, Got it. Nice. Well, that'll serve him well with whatever trade, you know, he, he is in, you know, or whatever. I'm encouraging him uh, after, after seeing as a general contractor, after seeing these bills from these plumbers and these electricians, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing him to try to go to, uh-huh. I'm subtly pushing him. So I'm being real subtle yeah. on him to go to trade school for man, electricians, man. That's, yeah. that's, you know, I, I'd say they, they, they make the most money. The yeah. electricians are, yeah, it seems they're in and out and man, they make the, they make the good money. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have to put a few years crawling in attics, but, um, yes. if, if he can get through that addicts and, uh, you guys got sub, um, you guys got yeah, uh, crawl spaces, crawl spaces or no? no yeah. No, we, we, most, most of our homes are on slabs. We do uh-huh. have some here and beams here, but mostly I'd say 70% of our homes are on slabs. Uh-huh. Nice. Nice. What is um what is the market up there? I mean, how big is is that area? Are you are you in a in a half a million population? I'm not too no, familiar. Probably there's in, in in the in the area that I'm in. There's probably maybe four or five hundred thousand. So yeah, about half a million. Okay. You know, in the area that I service. You know, um, there there's a, a bunch of rural areas, but the main Shreveport Bossier area is a population of maybe three hundred thousand, maybe a little more, and then the outskirts you know, maybe a, a, another hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand. So but I'd say about the half million person Got uh, it. range. Got it. Nice. Now, how, how many, uh, what kind of licensing do you have over there? Because I know like different States are different. Do you yes. have, did you have to get like a general builder's license? Yes, or? I did. I had to, uh, we had to test and it was a, a knowledge test, you know, um, and it covered everything. You know, when I say everything, it covered everything, you know, in terms of building a home. Uh, so, yeah, there is some licensure. And, of course, the insurance changes. Uh, uh, I know over in Texas, it's a totally different. You don't even have to test to right. get a You just go and you, you, you get the insurance and you can build a house. Where in, here in Louisiana, you know, they require us to test. So uh, I did have to test. Now, for me to be a licensed tile guy, uh, and it's not really necessarily licensed. It's just registered. My business is registered. I'm a registered uh, contractor. And it, and it, that particular registration covers whether you're putting siding on homes, whether you're, you know, putting roofs on, you have to have a registration. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, was reg- I was registered with the state for several years prior to stepping it up and becoming a GC. Got it. But uh, there's a cap. Any job seventy five hundred dollars or less, you don't need anything. You know, I see that's all here. Any seventy five hundred dollars and less, you don't need anything. But when you break that seventy five oh one mark by law, you have to have at least a registration. I see. So when you were when you were adding services on like a deck or like a railing or like whatever mm-hmm. that was under seventy five hundred dollars. There was nothing that was required. Okay. Okay. Only under that seventy five hundred dollar mark. I mean, that, that, that's, I, I kind of, I, I got respect for that rule, you know, I mean, you can't get yourself in too much trouble, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it protects uh, the homeowners as well, because yeah. I mean, although $7,500 is a, is, a, is a tough hit to take if mm-hmm. you 
hiring somebody and they, they kind of, you know, don't do it right or screw it up, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it gives you that, that level of protection and knowing that after, you know, anything beyond that, you know, you know, you, you, they've got to be licensed in some form or capacity and, and, and uh, licensed and insured. So, yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I'm all, you know, I'm, I, I like to be legitimate, you know, I like to run oh, my yeah. business like you do legitimate. Yeah. Right. But I also am a realist, you know, I, I understand that um, there are people who, you know, need small jobs and their income is limited and, right. you know, they're going to hire. And, and then I'm also a realist, a real, real realist with the with the um, observation and acknowledging that you can have every single license and and be as most professional looking as you want to be and still be a hang. And still be a hack and still be unethical. So at the end yeah. of the day, it does, you know, in my mind, you know, and I think about people that are in tough situations, it doesn't matter really what, what kind of license you have, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're dealing with people. And, you know, remember that when, when you go out as contractors, you know, you're dealing with people. I mean, listen to your gut, um, look for red flags and they should be doing the same with you, exactly. to be honest. And yeah, that's... Yeah. I tell people all the time, lots of times, you know, when I go to a site, you know, for the initial consultation, they're interviewing me yeah, and I'm interviewing them as well. Yeah. You know, when they get to going on and on, uh, <laughs> I made a post here recently. It said, uh, promises of future work for a discount now. Right. That's an instant red flag. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I, and I know you can appreciate that, you know, with you being in the trade, um, and then uh, I've had a, I had a customer at one time. She, you know, I instantly got there, and she began to tell me about how many guys she's already fired and sued. Right. You know, what's the common denominator? You've had four contractors that you've already fired on this project and yeah. sued two of them. So, so you I, walked away? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Neither, I walked <laughs> away from it. I mean, you know, I, I finished the consultation and looked at everything. And to be honest with you, the work that I saw, it wasn't terrible. You know, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. So it was almost like. I felt as though she was kind of getting further and further along in her project and ultimately not to pay anything. So I, my, my spider senses were going wild. Like Spider-Man, my spidey senses were just going wild. So I just kind of needless to say, I didn't do the job. So I I had a scenario like that when I was first, I was like a year, I was like under a year in business mm -hmm. and we had a friend we met um, in town at the, at the moment we we were living in a small town, 2000 people. Okay. So, you know, you meet people fast, right. um, but I was working in the County, you know, a lot of little towns. Mm-hmm. Um, but this lady, you know, she, she owned a really nice property. Um, she picked it up during the recession and like 2010, you know, and it had ocean views. I mean, it was a million dollar property. She picked wow. it up for a quarter mil, mm-hmm. but that was because it was on sale. You know, I mean, she was up on a hill, had ocean views. I mean, you know, one of the nicer spots in town, I mean, you know, but, uh, she was asking me to do some work and she was telling me, like you said, about all these other contractors and how much, how terrible they were and how they treated her poorly and how she had to fire them all. I mean, same, same story. And I'm kind of thinking like, all right, red flag, red flag. Mm-hmm. And, and meanwhile, my wife was kind of friends with her and she was saying, no, you know, this and that. And then I went back. And so I, I made the deal. I took a deposit check. I went home, slept on it. The next day I drove back to her house. I said, I wasn't able to sleep. You know, I, I really can't take this on. You know, I apologize. Here's your deposit check back. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is she gave me the cry story again. 
And I said, all right. I said, all right, well, there's some unknowns here, you know, because you're asking me to do a few things that I'm really not comfortable. I, I know how to do it, but it's not my specialty, you know, and that sure. was that time when I was transitioning myself from tile guy to contractor mm-hmm. and I was using subs and I said, look, I haven't collected all the numbers, but you know, I think they're going to be around this range and this and that. And let me tell you, I got myself in a lot of trouble. I should have listened to my gut, mm-hmm. listened to those red flags and walked away. And yeah. I even tried to walk away and I got sucked back in. I'm, I, mm-hmm. you know, we can be, I'm a nice guy. We can be, right. we can be too nice. <laughs> you know, at times we can be too nice to our own detriment and too trusting. So I learned that lesson and I'm, I'm thankful for it because mm-hmm. I never had, you know, now I have a much stronger, um, trust of my own, you know, senses. You discernment now you have discernment. Discernment. Yeah. And something that, that you, you just kind of, man, so I, I could give you 50 stories. Similar. You got one, you got one more good one. Uh, man, uh, just, just kind of similar to yours uh-huh. where I, um, you know, said to myself, oh, I shouldn't take this job and I take it anyway. And then on the end of the job, you know how that they do, mm-hmm. they nitpick the end, they nitpick the heck out of it when right. it's time to collect that last draw in hopes yeah. that you'll just walk away from it. Oh, I got one. I got a job. It was recent. All right. So um uh, we did a a guy had a uh, and this was kind of more on the general contracting side of things. He had a barn out, you know, uh separate from his house. And he wanted to take one of the rooms and turn it into like a little man cave, you know. So we built walls, ran electrical, we painted, we put up crown molding, put in some recessed lighting, put some vinyl plank on the floor. And we stayed there about a week, week and a half, and it was going well. And I was kind of in and out because, you know, that wasn't really much for me to do other than just kind of oversee things. And all of the subs were saying how pleased he was. And then when it was time to go and, do the final walkthrough. Like I said, he had, like when I first met him on that first day, he was real nice. He was showing me his horses, showing me the property, showing me his guns, real nice guy. And then it's kind of like, you know, my first mistake on that was I didn't get a contract, man. Mm -hmm. It was because it was on a Sunday and I didn't, I was in my truck. I was in my car. Yeah. And you know, so I kind of, that was my first mistake. Uh, well, anyway, the price we agreed upon, and then so like toward the end, like during he started, you know, saying, "Well, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to get you back out because I'd like to to do this too in this other room. I'd like to insulate this side of the wall too." Well, this wasn't what he initially told me about. You know, this was after he t- he told me what he wanted. I gave him a price, and then during the course of a week, he was saying, "Yeah, I'd like to maybe put some insulation on the other side, and I'd like to seal this gap here, and maybe put a, another piece of." Um, metal roofing here and so here it is we get to the end of the project it's time to collect the final draw you know my guys are 100 percent done i've done my walkthrough and i was just kind of waiting on the homeowner walkthrough because i always do a walkthrough with my sub or with my crew prior to doing the final with the homeowner everything looked good to me it was you know so he gets there and he he's coming he got his little cowboy boots when he walks in and he i said well how do you like everything now, mind you, the day prior, my painter t- was telling me how he and his wife and his kids were just going on and on and how beautiful it was. Well, when I got there, you know, to collect, it's like, oh, it's all right. It looks all right. Well, what about uh-huh. this? And he shows me a piece of crown molding that needs to be caulked. You know, just right. a piece of crown molding that needs to be caulked. It kind of had maybe drooped down from the ceiling a little bit. Sure, sure. And um, he said, well, what about that? 
He's like, it's just it's just little small details like that. I said, well, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you said that's one detail. I said, what what else are you? What else do you have a problem with? And he he just said, well, you know, he couldn't really be you know specific mm. in anything. And I said, well, we'll come back tomorrow. I, I can take care of that tomorrow. So that's that's a five minute fix. I'll call it and we'll just touch up pain. He's like, oh no no. He's like, at this point, I just kind of want to just you know move on. I said, well, what would you like to do? He said, well, just deduct something from the bill. And I said, well, what do you think? <laughs> that 15 minutes worth of work, you know, coughing it, letting it dry a little bit, and then cutting it in. What do you think that's worth to you? And uh, he said, well, he said, what do you think? I say, that's about 15 minutes worth of work, 50 bucks. Right. He's like, no, I, I, I was thinking you saved something like 250. I said, well, how do you get 250? Well, because on the other side of the wall, I told you I wanted to insulate the wall. And I told you I want you to put some more sheet metal on. I said, well, this was after we negotiated the price of the initial job. Mm. So my first, my gut instinct is I should have put it in writing ahead of time. Yeah. And he would, oh, he would have known. See, because in his mind, when I started to work without paperwork, he knew he had me by the balls. Right. right. And he did. So I learned my lesson. I keep them. I keep contracts in my Sunday car nice. <laughs> as well as my <laughs> truck now. Uh-huh. So, there won't ever be any, 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 this won't happen to me again. Right. And it's not a, I mean, shoot, you know, I don't know if you paid him the two fifty or took deducted it or I what. I want to fuss with him. I just want to move on uh-huh. instead it's of going not, back and forth with him. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. That's not a too, too expensive of a lesson right there. You know, yeah. that was, that was worth the price paid that lesson. The biggest thing was there was a lot more work there for, for me to do. Uh-huh. And I won't ever go back again. Uh, right. Right. He lost. So it, it, it was, it he was, lost. It was, this is a crazy thing. You know, he lost that partnership with you yes. for, for $250. dollars you know, it's, it's like now he's got to, now he's got to go spend his time finding a new contractor and the next right. one and the next one. And he's always just chasing that 200, you know, the bread scraps. That's it. You know, the wasting bread, his time. Bread scraps. Yeah. And see, and see, like I said, now he can't get rid See, I, and this is what I, what I tell my customers when they, when they hire me to do things, if it's something beyond my scope or that I can't do, and, and I especially tell this to like the single women because they are an elderly. They are the most taken advantage of sure. that I see. My customers know that if they call trail to do something or if they just need a, Hey trail, do you know a good roofer? Or do you know somebody who can hang this light or Hey, who do you, who do you know could do foundation repair? I'm going to give them a reputable recommendation. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've had people call me that I haven't worked for in years you know, hey, Trill, uh, you did this for me several years back. I'm looking for somebody to do my gutters. Or I'm looking, you know, and I've, I've got a network, you know, especially right. as a builder. I have a network of subs that I can just send out. And it's not something that I'm looking to collect a, a percentage of. I just send them out because, you know, just simply because, you know, I want to see my, see my subs succeed. And I'd like to see my homeowners hire good, you know, good subs to do what they need done. So it's a win-win for me. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So what has, you know, we spoke, you, you gave us some good advice on the transition from, you know, tile guy to contractor. I mean, what's taken you by surprise? I mean, I know you're not, you know, you're on what, your third house? Are you yes. bu- Are you building from the ground up? It yes. Looks, yes. You are. Okay. Yes, building from the ground up. I'd say uh, what, what kind of, the, the, the biggest thing is there's so much planning involved you know, versus planning for a shower or planning for a, you know, to go and put some floors in. It's, it's, it's what we do as tile guys times 50. 
Right. You've got to deal with, you know, 10 times as many subs, you know, just the foundation alone. I mean, the number of times different subs have to go out. So it's a step, uh, you know, it's, there are several steps. Uh, and like I said, you know, it, it, it kind of caught me by surprise, but I've been, I've been up for it. You know, um, I, one guy kind of compared it to like a puzzle and it, and that's what it is. Building a house is like a puzzle. You're just putting the pieces together to create the final, the end result. So, um, and budgeting and, and, and being good with, um, with budgeting, you know, when you do your cost breakdown on a house before you build any house, you want to do a cost breakdown and you go in and you get the bids from the subs. It's, it, 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 it changes mm-hmm. as like, I just got a, a notice from the roofing company that there's a 15% increase, uh, in the cost of shingles. So now I have to account for that back when I got the cost breakdown four months ago, shingles were 15% cheaper. So my quote, my cost to bill has increased. Yeah. So it's just things like that, you know, having that buffer built into knowing that prices are going to keep going up. They're not going to go down. It's just yeah. kind of, finding that sweet spot and knowing how much it's going to go up, you know? So that's what's been the biggest surprise is how, how, um, how quickly the cost can change. Whereas with us bag of mud, you know, we know what the Schluter's kit is going to cost us. We know what our metal is going to cost us. We know what a niche is going to cost us. We know what it costs to build a, a bench. You know, we, we kind of got a good idea, but you know, when you start getting to, you know, the other tradesmen and their costs. Yeah. It just kind of, it, it, could, it could change, you know, overnight, literally overnight. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, as tile guys, you know, if we're going to, you know, remodel a shower, put a floor in, we might have $1,000 in material, rough in materials. Mm-hmm. Now, if that goes up 25%, an extra 250 bucks, not right. a big deal. The client's going to understand it or we yeah. can eat it. You know, there's like, you or know, we kind of play it. Yeah, we kind of play it loose like that, but as a general contractor, now you're talking about, you know, $200,000 going up 20% is a lot different story. So are you writing that into your contract, like prices, you know, only good for 30 days or price, you know, might go up material, you know, how are you protecting your business? Well, here's the deal. I've yet to build a custom home. What I'm building now are spec homes, basically. I'm building spec homes, so I'm just eating it. Uh, I'm eating the cost. But the the good thing about it is the the cost that the houses uh, per foot that we're getting per foot is kind of changing also. So as the materials cost increase, so is the the price that we're able to sell them at. So I'm eating I'm eating it all right now. I see. So there's not a there's not a Mister Mister John Doe or Miss Jane Doe that I'm having to notify. Mm-hmm. It's just Got my. It. Got you know, it. But, uh, you know, my very first one, it sold about a month ago. Nice. So it sold before completion. And so these other two that I've got, you know, they're on the market. And I'm looking for them to sell. The market, mm-hmm. the housing market here where I'm at is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll they'll sell just as quickly. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah, you're right. I mean, houses, from what I understand, are just going going like hotcakes. Um, yeah, so. the prices are skyrocketing, especially new construction in this area. I mean, like I said, the, 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 the customer that purchased my very first house and you know, she came in and she didn't change anything. She bought it when it was studs. She bought it at studs. So now nice. here we are. Wow. I'm actually to the point where it's 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 mine now. It's because the painter is finished. So it's time to put floors and build showers. We're actually going to be doing that this weekend. Okay. So I, I look now. I can't. I can't. I can't curse the builder for an unplumbed <laughs> wall because I am the builder. Right. You know. So 
you know, here it is. It's time for me to go in and do my thing. And so my crew and I, we're excited to, to be to the point where we're getting ready to put floors and backsplashes and showers and stuff in. I like that, you know, control the build, you know, if we can't, absolutely. if we can't control, you know, other people's actions or work, you know, all we can focus on is our work. And I mean, you've gotten yourself to the point where now it's like ground up. These are homes by Mon- Montrell or, you know, yeah. I don't know your, your new business. Name. Well, I, I, I've, I've, I've kind of built a brand based, you know, this, this tile by trail. Uh huh. So I just added a uh, contracting, you sure. know, so yeah. I'm, I'm still kind of sticking to that because that's what everybody knows me. It's a, I've got vans and trucks riding around town with it all over it. So I said, at this point, I'm going to leave it as it is. Yeah. You know, and maybe in the future, if I decide to, you know, rebrand and call it something else, I will. But for now, this is so where do you still keep tile employees. You have employees oh, yeah. that you keep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tile. I've got crews. I've got a mm-hmm. couple of crews and they're doing uh, tile daily, you know. Nice. Uh, so, and, and floors, you know, so yeah, we're, we're, con- we're, con- we're constantly, you know, still present in the market. Uh, I say this, select jobs, select yeah. jobs, you know, uh, so we still do select jobs and, you know, uh, I, I'm not present as much as I was. So I have a foreman, uh, actually a buddy of mine who's been, working side by side with me for fi- over 15 years, he's kind of stepped up and taken that role of, nice. you know, running the cruise because as a builder, double, uh, get double the mileage. I mean, you're going to be, especially with multiple builds. And luckily my, you know, my three builds are within 10 minutes of each other. You know, I know builders, I mean, you're constantly having to go and stop what you're doing and go and take, the framers, a two by another, they need, they need four more two by twelves. Well, you call the lumber company up, they can't get anybody out there until tomorrow. So guess what I got to do? If I want to keep on target, I've got to go stop what I'm doing, go to the lumber yard, get some two by twelves and take them to the site. So it's a lot more running, yeah. you know, and, 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 and just the logistics. It's, it's just, it's, it kind of pulled me away from tiling a little bit, you know, but, that's 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 I knew what I knew this was in store when I decided to go to the next level and become a general contractor. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's exactly right. I mean, you you're going to uh you know, you're you're growing, you're expanding. I mean, you're now off worth, my knees too. I'm off, off your knees, knees, you know what I mean, but you're also just more valuable to your company as working in your head or working in right. the, in the office or on the yes, books sir. or with the people. Yes, and sir. now that you've got a good foreman, you know, and I understand he's been with you 15 years, but that doesn't always work out. I mean, we all know there are 15, there are lifetime apprentices in, mm-hmm. in the trades. And I'm not, you know, saying anything against them in the trades. There are people who would rather be an apprentice because they don't really want the extra responsibility or they would rather just be a tile setter because they don't want to move into a foreman. How did you, and, and this will be the last question. I want to respect your time. We're coming up in an hour. And I, I, if you have 10 more minutes, that is. Yes, sir. Right on. Thank you. How did you, um, uh, you know, coach or train or, or groom your employee to take on the role of a foreman? Because this is a subject that is really needed in the industry. Um, a lot of people ask me this question. Well, this is the deal. He and I, when I first got started, you know, I met him shortly thereafter. He worked a full-time job at a company, a nine to five. Mm. So did I. 
So it just so happened that our shifts allowed us both to do this during the day. So we kind of, we kind of grew and learned together. Nice. You know, we bumped our heads together. So he's been there every step of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, he would go and work a 12 hour shift on his job. I would work 10 hours at the post office. We'd turn around and be doing floors the next morning, you know? And so over the years, he's just been present. He's been present. Now he's one of those type. He doesn't want to have any paperwork. He doesn't want to submit any bids. He just wants to show up and, and lay tile, build showers. He doesn't want to have much contact with the customer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when they get to ask some questions, he'll just refer them to me. Cause on some days when I'm out doing bids, he'll show up on the site and, and work and they'll go in and want to do add-ons and stuff and ask questions. And he'll just refer them to me. Perfect. The best tile guy I've ever known. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's far exceeded my skill level, yeah. but he doesn't want to do paperwork. He doesn't want to submit bids. He doesn't want to do, you know, he's just interested in the trade. And so it was, it was kind of hard at first to try to get him to to the, to the point where rather than getting, and he's 50 years old. Mm. So he's just so compelled to just get on his knees and start helping the guys and showing them how to do it. The biggest challenge has been getting him to verbally tell them what to do to achieve what we want done. Right. So I'll, I'll go there and I said, this is what I did. I said, I'll tell you what, his name is Rod. I said, Tomorrow, don't wear jeans. I said, you wear your you wear your your, your foreman attire. You wear your button up, you know, and you wear your slacks and you wear your boots. And you go and you get the guys lined out. And he'll go and he'll he'll sneak and put his tennis shoes in his truck, yeah. you know, and his knee pads. And I'll get there and he's down there with them. I said, no, 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 no. Yeah. Show them what to do and you make sure it's done. So that's the biggest challenge for him is he's a uh, just teaching him how to be patient with the help. And, yeah. and and showing them how to do it versus getting down there and doing it himself. So how is he receiving that? I mean, is he? Do you he's, think he's, it's, it's a daily challenge. Yeah. I bet he's he's on the job now, and I bet he's on his knees right now trying to yeah. do something. You know, but uh, and that's he, good. I mean, that's a good sign. You know, he's a leader. He wants to lead. You know, by action and and yes. by doing. Um, that's, but that's I think, and what, what I'm understanding is you're going to, you know, kind of kind of nurture him a little bit and lead him and help him understand like, Hey, you get, you get into this foreman position and you can communicate a little bit differently. You're going to, you know, you're 50 now you're going to be, you know, 55 and 60 and we can keep you working until you, Mm -hmm. you know, until you want to quit. If you can learn these different traits that I need you to step into. And I I think that'll, it sounds like that's going to work real well for you. And, And I'm trying to pull him, you know, um, pull him to more so on the general contracting side. Um, but it, it, it's, it's for him and myself to see like during the pour, when I poured my first slab, just to see it and to see how, like as a floor guy, we just cuss the, the concrete guys. When we see a, a low spot in the slab or we just cuss them. Oh man, this slab is jacked up. Not knowing it's a lot of work mm-hmm. pulling mud, Mm-hmm. Don't you know you, you're, you're pumping 80 yards of concrete and you're having to screed it and pull it and float it all out with those big bull floats? Man, it's a lot of work. So I have a new a, a newfound uh, level of patience for those for a slab that may have a low spot. You know, you know, obviously, you know, something that just jacked up altogether. No, but if I see a low spot here, I'm more forgiving than I was prior to. I mean, you know, before before coming to con- uh, general contracting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, you're going to learn. Yeah. Like you said, you only got yourself to curse at now. <laughs> oh yeah. I've, I've got myself to curse at. And look, check this out and I'm going to let you go. I, I found myself out there with a, the, the morning of the pour, because obviously they pour early mornings. I put a torpedo level in my truck and I was out there doing the pour with a torpedo level and a square. Uh, well, actually I had the square when they were framing, but anyway, I had the torpedo level. I'm measuring the, 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 the plumbing, the drains for the uh, shower. I'm making sure that they're plumb because I know how sometimes if you, you know, you barely touch that, mm-hmm. that pipe. I mean, you got a crooked pipe and, yeah. and you know, and for us in a shower, that's it. That's, that's, right. that's a lot more work, you know, yeah, yeah. trying to get that jucker with the straight up plumb. So here I am making sure that it's staying plumb, you know, uh, so, and, and when they, when it, when it, when the form, when the uh, slab set, I'm out there with a square double checking the lines that the framers have popped before they're framing it up. So it's just a whole, it's just coming full circle now, man. Nice. Nice. You're able to use your knowledge of understanding how hard it is when it wasn't done right to actually yes. just set the foundation correct from the, from the start. Yes, nice. sir. And you know what? It. Just seeing the P-trap in the dirt before it's poured, you know, because as a tile guy, and I'm sure you can relate, building showers, just having to bust up concrete and move them, you know, just to see them as they initially set, you know, it's just something different. It's a different perspective. It's like, man, if that thing, just thinking 20 years, if they wanted to change this around, <laughs> move this, the amount of work that's going to have to go into it. And we, yeah. look, I'm sure you've, you've done it. I've done it. You come out of a room with white, concrete yeah. all over your beard and all over your head and all over yeah. your eyelashes all in your nose yeah. from jacking up a slab to move a drain so yeah. it's just a different perspective man but i, I appreciate it all i love it right on well montreal this has been a great discussion i really yes. thank you and appreciate you sharing your knowledge and and encouraging the group and bringing all this positive energy where can people find you i know you're in facebook um are you on instagram uh, it's an old page. I need to create another one. I'm only on Facebook. I've got okay. a page, but it's, 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 uh, I need to, to, to revamp it. It's an old page. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Montrell's on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you can find him in the tile money group and uh, several of the groups. So Montrell, I hope you have a great uh, day and a good weekend. Um, and, and, uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. You have a great day. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Montrell. I really enjoyed getting to know him. What a great outlook on life. A lot of a lot of really good wisdom, a lot of good, lot of good quotes in there. You know, obviously, you know, when it, when it, when every somebody's talking about, hey, talking to the young people. You can make good money in the trades also. I mean, that's tile money right there. That's tile money wisdom. And uh, not everybody, not all of us obviously want or should follow the same path. Uh, for our education as well as our career. So I really appreciated that um, as well as so much that he said, you know, talking about his, um, his one of his lead man's men there towards the end, how he's uh, really leading him and nurturing him and uh, uh, um, coaching him to be a leader and to take on more responsibilities. There's a lot of wisdom in that. We should be, you know, training up our our employees and giving them opportunities to grow within the company. And that's how you build a strong team and and a company culture. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Montrose company grow. And if you want to follow him on Facebook, go ahead and check it out. The links here where in the show notes, wherever you're watching or listening to this. And uh, go ahead and give him a shout out. Tell him you enjoyed his episode, his interview on the Tile Money podcast. 
And Tile Friends, uh, as always, I hope you're having a profitable week and a positive one at that. And if you want to stay in touch with all things Tile Money, go ahead and text the word Tile Money to 844-446-7623, 844-446-7623. We've got some great things coming up. We've got some uh, a networking party going on at Coverings. We'll be starting to talk more and more about that here real soon. And uh, we are continuing to put out content every single week just like this. So if you want to stay in touch with all the new things, Tile Money, that continue to evolve, text Tile Money to 844-446-7623. Above all else, Tile Funds, please, please, please stay profitable out there, Tile Friends. All right, over and out. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.